0: Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 27 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. p Super's, thanks for tuning in. This week we have an experimental episode. It all started with a conversation with Louise Gardner, also known as My Actante and Your Actante, where we were reminiscing about our childhood TV, and in particular, an animation called Mr. Ben, This made us decide, possibly misguidedly, to record a conversation. Well, I say a conversation, you might find it to be a gentle ramble. In this conversation, we reflect upon one episode, Mr. Ben and the Red Knight, and we have a go at relating it to us as humans, particularly in reflecting on our values in everyday life. As you might expect, there are a couple of diversions along the way, including the legendary Mrs. Slocum from Are You Being Served. Just in case you wanted to watch the episode of Mr. Ben first, the link will be in the show notes at rosmacintosh.co.uk. If you've no idea who Mr. Ben is, please continue, dear listener. I've called the episode Mr. Ben, Lou, and Ross too. People Soup is a community of people who are interested in behavioural science at work and how we can make it accessible, fun, and useful for ourselves and each other. At work, behavioral science has the capacity to enhance our well-being, help us be the person we want to be more often, and provide us with perspectives to enable cooperation, collaboration, and innovation. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said, A first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behavior, events, and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. Behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes, ingredients, seasoning, spices and utensils. So welcome to People Soup, where we aim to nourish the mind and flourish at work. Before I go on, reviews are in for recent episodes. We had our two-parter with Annie Gascoigne. And such a lovely review over on Twitter from Rebecca Alegbo, who said, Thanks both for this. Many thoughts and reactions, just a few to fit in a tweet. I like the two-episode structure, the first episode more personal, and I enjoyed hearing about your journey, Annie. I feel like I know you now, so thanks for opening up and sharing with a bunch of strange strangers. Rebecca continued. It's a theme which runs through your podcast interviews, Ross. The second, equally enjoyable focus on the lovely science, research, theory, Plenty of thoughts in reaction to this too, and psychological theory links, especially ACT. Linking the two episodes, one thing that stood out was the idea of stories that our minds create about ourselves and who we are. The idea that we might not be the type of person to do a PhD or work in academia, and just going for it anyway, and how other people can help us with seeing opportunities. And by these podcast interviews, who knows what possible impact that could have on others too, to challenge their own stories about themselves and what they are capable of doing. Well, it was four tweets, not one, but you did ask. Rebecca, I'm so thrilled by that review and really delighted to read it. And I know Annie was too. In fact, I said on Twitter I loved it so much that I've printed it off and have it in the line of sight from my desk. And if you want verification of that, you can check out the photo from the show notes. And before that episode, we had a check-in with Dana Lee Bagley in Nova Scotia. Andrew Dewars said on Twitter, If your frontal lobe battery is running low, this Soup podcast by Ross McIntosh will help. Dr. Dana Lee Bagley provides tips for maintaining mental health in difficult times and invites us to consider if we'll be proud about how we've behaved during COVID-19. And one more review, P-Supers. And it is from Lou, Louise Gardner, who wrote on Twitter about the episode with my dad, Big G. And she said, Just finished listening. I love your dad. Say hi to Big G from me. What a superstar. And we also discussed this episode in our conversation. And there's a little update, too, as I know Big G has developed a bit of a following. So let's listen to that right now. My dad... um he started going to church after mum died and then I mean, he goes quite frequently but last sunday he joined via um he joined a virtual service that's cool and the vicar lives in the next village so he was in his garden with his kids doing the service and dad was dialing in and it got to communion and dad thought well bugger it if i'm going to be left out so he went and got a small glass of sherry and some crisps <laughs>
1: I love your dad. Your dad just sounded so brilliant.
0: If you do enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review it, whatever platform you're on. It helps us amplify our voice and reach more people with stuff that could be useful. For now, get a brew on and have a listen to Mr. Ben, Lou, and Ross too. Lou. Hi. Hello. Welcome back.
1: Thank you for inviting me back.
0: <laughs> Great to see you. We're using a new platform, Squadcast.
1: Exciting.
0: I wanted to start, you know I normally start with my research department, but I wanted to start with a poem instead.
1: Okay. I like the sound of this.
0: I need to get my um, poem voice on. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, here I go. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So, so I sat quietly, agreed politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the, break, past the breaking point. I can't do this. super's peace, peace, peace just in case you're wondering what the heck I'm on about, it's, it's, um, it's this. I see it now. I've got the eye of the tiger, a fighter. So, um, those of you who listened to Lou's last episode, you remember that that was the song she chose. So I was what I was trying to do was make it into a hilarious poem, but I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I
1: like it. It was good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, Lou, we were we were the reason we are recording this because we're not sh- entirely sure or <laughs> entirely sure we have no idea where this is going to go.
1: <laughs> we're on a, an adventure.
0: Yeah, very much like our character in question. So you were. We were chatting last week and we were talking about, um, I don't know how we got onto it, but we were talking about cartoons or TV programs of our childhood. Yeah. And we came across Mr. Ben. Yeah,
1: love Mr. Ben. Yeah. I think we were talking about a dressing up box, weren't we?
0: Oh, yeah. And we kind of then got a bit overexcited about how (laughs) Mr. Ben could relate to act.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
0: And kind of trying on values is symbolized by trying on different outfits and then going out there in the world and looking through a different lens.
1: Yeah. And as well as maybe thinking that we're not the person that we always think we are, that we're not limited to the outfit we've always been in. We're not zipped into it, that a lot of our shoulds or, you know, who we think we are might not necessarily be true just because we think it.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> and I guess we can feel quite restricted by certain outfits that we wear.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think there's so much of that of just some people say, oh, I could never do that. And, you you know, you think, well, that's really interesting and there's so many things that we think we're not capable of. But how do we know to really actually have a go at doing it? <laughs> there's no way of knowing, really, is there until we actually physically try.
2: Hmm.
0: So we thought we'd have a go at trying to expand on this idea of Mr. Ben being a role model for us all. And for our homework, we went away and watched one episode.
1: We did, yeah.
0: (laughs) Which was brilliant.
1: It was brilliant. There's something as well about, I think, that era of animation that is quite slow, which is just lovely, I think. It Mm. always slows your thinking down. I think so many things now are very fast. It's like... Brain overload, but there's something beautiful, I think, and obviously an appreciation. I just love the drawing of it and, and stuff and things. There were so many bits, I just, oh, I love the way they've drawn that and things, or the expression on that. And you
0: know, there's one thing that wasn't slow.
1: <laughs> yes, <it> was. <laughs> we love the legs. <laughs>
0: yeah, the legs when they walk are hilarious, they go at like a gazillion miles an hour. If
1: nothing else, watch the episode for the legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now i think we need to press pause here and just imagine we're trying to explain mr yeah. ben to peace supers who don't know what the hell we're talking about yes
1: mr ben lives in i think it's festive road isn't it which i always think is the best name for a road i don't i mean, there probably is a festive road somewhere but i think for some reason every week but in the one that we saw he gets invited to a fancy dress party and he decides that he doesn't really like parties, but he does love fancy dress. And so he goes to look for a costume and can't find any in any of the normal boring stores. And But somewhere down this little road, he happens upon this fancy dress shop. It's such a brilliant image that as soon as you go in, like there's all these things and you're just like, oh my gosh, which one's he going to choose? And uh, yeah, he sees a a red suit of armour and asks to try it on. Mm the very mysterious shopkeeper
0: <laughs> yeah i love the way that's one of the lines that sticks in my head as if by magic the shopkeeper appeared
1: yes so then he goes and tries it on
0: <laughs> so he goes into the changing room yeah and he notices there's another door out of the changing room and rather boldly i oh, think
1: I towards move yeah the
0: towards move he goes and sees what's outside the, this other door and he steps into a different land and what he does is he he steps into this land in this red suit of armor and he sees some sign kind of smoke coming from behind a rock so he goes and have a as a look behind the rock and there's a dragon there and i love this bit his first reaction is oh someone else in fancy dress <laughs> <laughs> But then I think he realises it's a it's a real dragon, but he, he's not alarmed by that.
1: Yeah, they they sit and have a nice chat.
0: Yeah, and the dragon sets out his kind of tale of woe. it's
1: yes, Very sweet.
0: The dragon is quite adorable, actually. It is, and it's,
1: it's such a sweet story.
0: Let's try. Should we try and tell the story? Yeah, I would say to the PC as you join us on this bizarreness that we'll put a link to the episode because it's on youtube so the dragon tells this tale the dragon used to be responsible for
1: lighting all the fires so he's part of a kingdom isn't he? he used to live in the castle and he was the king's favorite dragon and he used to light everyone's fires for the cooking and everyone loved him and they all lived in harmony and he was very happy and then a matchmaker comes along. <laughs> oh yes, says, "Why do you need this dragon when you can have matches? You don't need to bother going to get him. You can have a pack of matches in your own house. You don't, you know, it's much easier."
0: And I think, at, I think at first they weren't keen.
1: No, oh, and they were like, "Well, why would we want to do that? We love our dragon. It's no hassle to go and get our dragon to come and, you know, light our things for us." But the matchmaker is rather. Not very nice person as Eos.
0: So the, the matchmaker then reverts to some nefarious marketing strategy.
1: He does. <laughs> and he then, he sets fire to some of the buildings and blames the dragon. Oh.
0: Yeah, and the dragon is banished.
1: Yeah. As well as the it's the king's favourite white horse who runs away at the same time. <laughs> and he gets blamed <laughs> for both. Not only setting fire to things that he didn't, but also stealing the... The King's Favourite White Horse.
0: God, these are quite complex episodes. I'm not sure I got all the layers of metaphor and complexity.
1: Yeah, I think there's some, like, things to be said about why do we need newer, better things when the older things worked perfectly well.
0: (laughs) But I think a lot of programmes in our youth were like that, with different layers.
1: Yes. Well,
0: I think a lot of programmes now are. That's why things like The Simpsons are so popular.
1: Yeah, so much going on there.
0: But yeah. I even think things like "Are You Being Served," which was a Peepers. That was a sitcom in our youth about a department store, and the characters in it are so iconic of that era. But it was really rude. It
1: was. Like you said I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's on so many levels, and people can watch it on different levels.
0: Yeah. There was an out, an outrageously camp character,
1: yeah,
0: who used to make references to. Oh gosh, who did he make references to? Mrs. Slocum's
1: pussy. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Slocum. Yeah, I'm too rude even say that, but that was on mainstream TV, so we can say. Yeah. that.
0: but but that that Mrs. Slocum and her pussy was just throughout. It was littered.
1: It was, yeah.
0: And I'm pretty sure my parents didn't get that.
1: No, I think that's the thing. And I think like even things like Pixar films, I kind of love that because so much stuff is for children, but there's so much adult stuff going on as well. There's so many subtleties mm. going on.
0: There's a compilation of Mrs. Slocum doing um, various pussy quotes, and it's hilarious. I'm going to put it on the show notes for this episode.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, back to Mr. Ben. So where were we? The dragon has been banished from the kingdom. And at the same time, the white horse ran away. The king's favourite white horse ran away. And that brings us to Mr. Ben bumping into the dragon. And he wants to do something about it. He wants to sort this injustice.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I love that. He's really compassionate, isn't he? Straight away knows that that's not fair, and really. it should be set right and get the dragon's side of the story to be told.
0: And I think he, I think he's got a real sense of justice
1: yeah
0: so he gallops off (laughs) (laughs) with the legs moving at uh, quite a pace to the castle and is presented to the king and he explains everything and the king is gutted yeah so the king goes off with a sort of whole entourage yeah to be reunited with the dragon and the white horse. Yes. The...
1: Matchmaker gets his cub up and it's, he's put oh, in the prison.
0: That's right. And everyone's quite happy.
1: Yeah. Everything is brought back as it was to begin with, which is, yeah.
0: And then, then Mr. Ben somehow go, gets back into the changing room. I'm not sure how that happens.
1: Just trying to remember what happened at the end. Ah, there's a big celebration, isn't there? A party to celebrate a big <sighs> thing. They have, it's all like the dragon's back and everyone's celebrating. And then suddenly, as if by magic, <laughs> there's someone who looks familiar, who looks awfully like the shopkeeper, says, would you like to change for dinner?
2: That's
0: perfect, yeah.
1: And he invites him into this other room and then suddenly he's back in the changing room in the fancy dress shop.
0: And there's two points on the shopkeeper. He wears a fez. <laughs> yes. Which is possibly just a signal he runs a fancy dress shop.
1: Or he's Tommy Cooper in disguise, yeah.
0: Or it just an illustration of how much drug use there was in the 70s in the creative industries.
1: Or that we should wear hats more often. Because I think, I think in general, life probably was more fun when everyone wore a hat.
0: Yeah, I'm with you.
1: It doesn't cheer you up about wearing hats? And why don't we wear hats more? I love it when you see footage of people on train stations. Is everyone going to work in a bowler hat. Yeah. <laughs> How can that not make you a bit more cheerful when you go out the house and put a hat on? Like, only people only wear a bobble hat or a baseball cap. Like, you wear hats to weddings because they cheer you up. Just think how much more fun it would be if we just all wore a hat. Maybe that should be a thing to do while we're all in lockdown, make a hat.
0: Make an Easter bonnet.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: i tell you what I used to love also about Mr. Ben, how he could get changed just by standing there.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. And then suddenly his <laughs> clothes magically appear on him. That would be, I always thought that was a brilliant skill to have. The thing that worries me most is the shopkeeper. Because Mr. Ben comes out and says, nah, not going to take it after all. <laughs> if I were the shopkeeper, I'd be a bit pissed off.
1: And I think he does say, will you be coming back? Mm. I'll definitely be coming back. But you're right.
0: I'm not sure if the tightwad Mr. Ben ever makes a purchase. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I
1: have a feeling that maybe the shopkeeper's not in it for the money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He has different values. And then he goes back along home to Festive Avenue, number 52, I think. And um, he notices that the world's still moving, the the world still exists, and the children are playing. And he goes home.
1: But he does find something in his pocket. He finds a a little box of matches that's got the dragon on it. Mm.
0: and And I guess what we were thinking was, could we relate this to...
1: what we were thinking i don't know whether we should have been
0: thinking to to trying on new values because we're around different times yeah could we be thinking about is now the time for us to get a bit playful experimental with values try new values on and look at the world through the perspective of those values and how that we could symbolize that through trying on new stuff from our
1: yeah and i think i had a quote didn't i that was Marsha Linehan created uh, dbt it says you can't think yourself into a new way of acting you can only act yourself into a new way of thinking
0: lovely and could you just for the peace who aren't sure what dbt is
1: it's dialectical behavior therapy i'm not an expert at all so i'm probably gonna somebody's gonna tell me i've probably got a lot of it wrong but i know a lot of it is actually changing physically doing something that then will actually change the way you feel which can calm you down to then be so like you can dance or i think splashing cold water on your face there's lots of little things that almost just give your body a pause mm. just like change i mean i think we know from things like they were saying like body posture makes a huge difference doesn't it you know when we can be depressed we can be a bit physically deflated and you know but when we're feeling more confident we're more upright and things and actually sometimes we kind of wait till we feel better to maybe be in a better posture but actually it can work the other way around you know if you're don't feel like dancing but actually if you got up and danced that would induce the feeling of feeling better actually it kind of like actually works the other way around sometimes
0: Mm. and it's it's there's a psychologist called amy cuddy
2: yes
1: yeah
0: is it cuddy i don't know how you pronounce it but she she talked about the power
2: pose pose.
1: yeah exactly which made me laugh because after then you saw lots of politicians doing it
2: (laughs) oh gosh (laughs)
1: And kind of like I think missing the point, they were supposed to do it before they went on stage, but you've got lots of people coming out there looking like Superman stood there with hands on hips that someone had given them a memo.
0: Yeah, I think at one point she was locked in the basement of Conservative Party headquarters. <laughs>
1: yes. But yeah, there's lots of things like, I think they say if you make yourself smile, like put a pen between your lips so you're forcing a like, smile for a minute, things like that, that actually... Mm-hmm sound silly but that that will induce the, the feelings we can actually do it inside out the wrong way around you know we kind of expect to you know so i think that is very much with act isn't it it's like doing the thing that you don't feel ready to necessarily do but take those feelings with you but actually the more you do those things you know it's like you don't you don't feel brave you do the thing and then the more times you do the thing the feeling of bravery will probably come because you'll realise you are being brave by doing it. But I think we expect to feel courageous first, that we're waiting to feel brave before we even have a go at doing something. But it doesn't work that way.
0: Mm, lovely. And I think there's another quote by Brené Brown, I think. And I can't remember it, but I will dig it out and I'll put it in the show notes. Hey, P supers. I couldn't remember the quote at the time, but here it is. And it's from Brené Brown. Courage is like, it's like a habitus, a habit, of virtue. You get it by courageous acts. It's like you learn to swim by swimming. You learn to courage by couraging. And now let's go back to the conversation.
1: Yeah, because she does have said, like, daring bravely, you know, having, like you said, mm. it's like, you know, she talks about being in the wilderness. You know, it is that thing, that unknown, which, you know, that's kind of perfect for now, isn't it? The unknown, that we all want that sense of control. We all, you know, our, our brains are just evolved to want to know. But there's always so much unknowing. I think that's the thing, isn't it? That we feel that there's so much, our lives can feel very predictable, but actually every day we wake up is unknown. None of us know what will happen that day, but somehow we do make our lives feel very samey. So we feel like we've got a sense of control, Mm. but there is so much out of our control all the time. And we just don't actually worry about it. Whereas I think we're collectively all worrying about something that's out of our control. At the moment, but actually, you know, most things in life kind of are out of our control anyway. You know, Russ has got a, a kind of take on the Serenity Prayers and you know, what we can control, you know, taking action to actually do the things we can control, but actually, like, accepting that there is a lot in life that we can't control, and that's and accepting's not accepting means just making room for that unknown, isn't it? I think.
2: Mm.
0: And see what I did? At the beginning of that segment, I didn't know how to say DBT. I didn't know how to say the first word. So I just batted it to you, like a coward.
1: I said it very well. Dialect- I didn't say it right, did I? Dialectical. That's not right, is it? This yes, is. Is
0: it? I don't know how to say it.
1: Dialectical, I think. <laughs> Let's just try and... Back to Mister Ben. Yeah, I was going to say with that the struggle. I mean, with that they both learned the most, didn't they? Like the you know the dragon sadness. You know, it's just like you know his he realised how much he missed the people, and the people realised how much they missed him. You know, actually how important they were to each other. And like you said, well they celebrated the end because they realised what's important. Mm. It was connection for both of them. Nice. Him being useful to them and them appreciating him.
0: And how despondent he was when he felt his, his purpose had gone.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, finding some purpose and meaning. Yeah, he lost all his purpose and meaning, didn't he, once he'd been banished?
0: But he still managed to keep the horse
1: safe and well. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he still had it. And he wasn't angry, I mean, exactly. I mean, he could have been really angry at the injustice and gone and actually burned down the castle. Mm. But the fact that he was such a peaceful dragon and just kind of like like went off and just lived in solitude which is just sweet.
0: With that little plume of smoke coming out of a nostril. I like the bit where Mr. Ben went through the other door. He had the curiosity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that was, that was my first reaction when I watched that bit. I just thought, oh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I, imagine what I would have missed out on, because I would have thought, oh, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> I would have, like, kept to the rules.
0: Me too. I don't think i would have even tried the handle.
1: No, Me neither. I'm very aware of that in me. I think, like sticking to rules, that is. I think, like you said, having that awareness. I mean, that's such a big thing in act, isn't it? Just awareness of, of you know, our own thoughts and feelings and that. But you know, just that curiosity of things, like, well, why wouldn't I do that? Hmm. Stop me from doing. What would I be afraid of by, you know, taking that chance? Is it getting into trouble or looking stupid or, you know, and and then is it like worth the risk of, of like looking a bit stupid to just. Be curious and, and do something that I wouldn't normally do.
0: So, the, what can we? The things we can learn from Mr. Ben. There's curiosity.
1: Yeah, I think cur- absolutely curiosity, being interested in other people, like you said, compassion. The fact that he listened to someone's story, you know, straight away he wanted to know what had happened with the dragon. Mm.
0: There's persistence, and he tried a big department store. He tried other smaller stores. And it sounds like he said no to the party in the end.
1: Yes, I was going to say, yeah. He was too tired after his big adventure. And I think, like you said as well, that even though he didn't like parties, he liked fancy dress. And I think that's a nice thing, that sometimes we have to do things that we might not necessarily want to do. But can we find something in that, you know, there's something enjoyable in something, you know, even if we, the whole thing seems a bit scary.
0: But I liked his his persistence in looking for a the outfit and that exploration because if he'd just been focused on the party yeah he'd have probably picked up something that he wasn't that happy with in one of the first shops he went to felt uncomfortable and got a bit i don't know it's yeah. difficult to imagine what mr ben might think but um
1: but yeah without the persistence he never would have found the right the thing that you know the magic shop like you said if he hadn't kept on and being curious and just knowing that that wasn't quite right for him, he wanted something different.
0: Lou, I've realised I need to sing the theme tune.
1: Oh, yay! Are you ready? I am ready.
0: This is my approximation of the theme tune. <laughs> do-de-lo- do-do-do- do-de-lo- Resil- <laughs> oh, that, was, that was more complex than I anticipated. Good. I think I buggered up the arpeggios at the end, man. That
2: was
1: good. The only thing I was hoping, I wish I'd had a ding glitch Oh, that was good. Thank
0: you. So if we had to package up (laughs) our insights from Mr. Ben, how would we cobble that together? This seemed like such a good idea at the time. (laughs) Are we making any sense?
1: i'm not sure i think we'll have to let other people to tell us whether we do i think i do i do think there is i think like you said that perseverance at the beginning like if he hadn't had perseverance and finding a a value in something he didn't want to do so like he didn't particularly want to go to the party but he enjoyed fancy dress he found something enjoyable there for himself so he went with that and like you said and then curiosity like and perseverance is what got him to the shop and then that curiosity like you said of actually going through that door. I mean, that is a big thing, isn't it? Taking a risk, a bold towards move for the value of curiosity.
0: Mm, love it. And then once he got through the door, he, he explored, he kept that curiosity going. He listened.
1: Yes. And um, was compassionate.
0: He observed his surroundings. He saw this plume of smoke and went to look. He was curious again
1: and like you said I think as well that straight away that he thought that it was someone else in a costume was so lovely And like you said that thing is like he was being almost like just not making judgments about everything straight away it was just like that open mindedness that again that curiosity is like what could be going on here
0: but that's that's a good noticing mind he's got on because he, he recognised his first thought was oh someone else in a great costume and yeah. he realised it was a real dragon and he didn't run away
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> There's something quite magical about him, I
2: think,
1: yeah, I like to just that I just I love that straight away, just sitting down and listening, mm. you know his story was so lovely, and then, like you said, that kind of justice that he wanted to right a wrong justice can be such a good motivator, can't it you know that's
0: and when he was t- when he was listening, he really that's really slowing everything down, and when he went into the new world, it was like looking with fresh eyes,
1: yes, yeah. I think, yeah, that's such a big thing, isn't it? Like you said, that, you know, quite a like Buddhist thing like beginner's mind, you know, like that childlike wonder of just literally seeing everything for the first time, you know, it's, it's such a gift, if you can do that, you know, like you said, we. You know, if you can almost like not take all your conditioning and beliefs of the past with you and almost like, like you said, seeing everything brand new for the first time without mm-hmm. any perceived about people. You know, we all judge because our minds are judging machines there's no way not you know but almost like just being aware that our minds are judging people when we meet people or you know but just actually well like if i didn't know anything about this person you know i think like you say when we're in conversations we quite often are thinking about what we're going to say next rather than actually just really listening you know letting somebody you know each of us like an individual little universe you know it's like an opportunity to meet this person and like well, what's going on with them and you know, what's their story? to
0: mm. so be more like Mr. Ben yeah. and the dragon. Yeah. And wear more hats.
2: Yes,
1: I think <laughs> wear more hats. <laughs> but I love the idea of, yeah, I just think, like you said, and I think maybe, do you think like the suit of armour gave him a sense of bravery, maybe that he didn't have before?
0: Maybe that gave him the the, the fortitude to... To yeah. go out and explore a bit. yeah.
1: Because I personally, I do love a fancy dress party. And I think, like you said, to me, there's all, I know lots of people don't like fancy dress, but like you said, I think there's always a real joyfulness about fancy dress parties because I think people do get to maybe be someone else a bit. Mm. there is a very childlike joy in like, just dressing up, I think.
0: Which takes us back full circle to the dressing up box.
1: Yeah. And I think, is that thing, like you said, of almost like you know, of like people you admire and things really, isn't it? It's almost like trying on, you know, like an actor. It's like if there's someone you admire in the way they are, or it's like, could you emulate just for fun? You know, like, well if I was this person for a day, how would I be? You know, how would I act? What would I you know, are they a good listener, like you said, or, you know, and it's just almost like internally an internal dressing up box. Hmm you know, it's like almost like doing the opposite of maybe what you would normally do, just to try that out for size and see how that feels.
0: Lovely. And, and that, that importance of play. What were, what were your favourite items in your dressing up box?
1: Oh, gosh. I did uh, quite partial to it, which is weirdly, because I did, uh, for my birthday party recently, did have a cowboy, cowgirl theme. But I did have a nice cowboy... Uh, outfit that i was quite partial to with a a waistcoat with fringing on that my mum made me (laughs) but i think yeah sort of like just yeah i don't know i just think yeah i got quite partial to a like a native american and (laughs) cowgirl outfit
0: yeah a lot of mine were culturally inappropriate
1: i was gonna say yeah probably not
0: (laughs) i did have one of my favourites was a Native American outfit.
1: I think it's that. I think maybe like for our generation, like you said, there was lots of, like there was lots of westerns and things on TV when we were growing up. I loved all that landscape, that freedom. I think of that of that natural world and things. So I think a lot of that was just that to me. That was like almost like a connection to nature. You know, I love the idea of dancing round a fire or, <laughs> you know, making a headdress out of feathers and. Hmm. But I think like part of the thing of creativity of making costumes as well, you know, I think now I was thinking there's quite a sadness in seeing like Halloween or, you know, things that there's just all shop bought costumes that so much of it was like, we made costumes, you know, mm. for things. I mean, and there was just, you know, they obviously did, really didn't look, the, you know, as good to a certain style, but there was a real joy in, Making that, or I think maybe having parents help make things. Like i said, I think maybe that's why I like that thing. You know, my mum made that for me, so that kind of felt more special. Mm. Um, I went to a fancy dress party. Don't know why. As a sugar cube, my dad <laughs> painted a sugar a box and did the little Tate and Lyle man on the side for me, and so my arms next. <laughs> But I love that. But like witches and wizards and things, and I remember my dad made me a, a brilliant witch's hat that, he'd like, you put all silver stars on, and just yeah, so much fun in the making of the costume. I think as well.
0: I think mine, mine, one of my favourites was I had this cape. Yeah, I used to wear, and it was just a square of fabric with two things to tie. Yeah, and it was actually the the kind of the kind of penny from my sister's nurse's uniform sort of blue penny, yeah but I used to wear it as a cape and used to love that and then we had this old rug in there that was kind of like had lots of in my memory it had lots of gold threads in it so that was like Whoa. my magic carpet
1: I love that
0: with a cape
1: The power of imagination I think that's the biggest thing isn't it as well of just you know you think how much like something like lord of the rings or harry potter have affected people's lives and like they can think well what would you know that character do in that situation you know but the fact that those stories have just come from someone's mind <laughs> mm. literally the power of human imagination you know the ability to craft these stories these journeys
2: mm. you
1: know they teach us so much about you know possibility and you know and stepping out of who you you know like we was you know like harry potter you know it's like unlikely heroes i mean that's what we all love isn't it that you know, that that journey, that hero's journey, that Joseph Campbell, you know, that throwing away the beliefs that we have about ourselves by taking action. And actually, we learn so much more about ourselves and our own possibilities and capabilities when we actually try.
0: Hmm. Nice. Love those words. And I'm just thinking on my magic carpet as I was going on adventures. I also had a telescope, which was actually a kaleidoscope.
1: <sighs> oh. Got on straight away. I just love all that. That's isn't that gorgeous? I love that. Oh, that world of imagination is just. And yeah, you said we just stop playing when we get to be adults. How sad is that?
0: And I don't know if I, I spoke to you, but the Welcome Collection had an exhibition on play. Oh okay. right. And it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it took it took through the history of play, but also how we then stop playing or stop that playful attitude.
1: I, it's such an important thing i was reading day out they were saying about like einstein that he was like quite childlike and that, that the difference isn't between being childish and childlike that child that exuberance that joy that curiosity that playfulness you know they are really important qualities to have as adults but i think somehow we think they're they are childish rather than childlike you know that sense of awe you know when you look at a starry sky or something you know and it's just that takes you back to that like you said, that beginner's mind—that
2: you know, mm. uh,
1: you know—I think one of the things we were saying, like in—you uh, saw the pictures this week of like where the pollution's gone in India, when you can see the Himalayas, it's just breathtaking. And it's like just imagining what those people are feeling, seeing that for the first time that have never seen it—that <laughs> behind that smog were these incredible mountains, this nature beauty—and yeah. Beauty, and, yeah.
0: Lou, I think I'm gonna leave leave it there with our pea soupers. So thank you thank you so much for joining me to on this on this unplanned exploration.
1: Um, our magic carpet ride.
0: Oh nice. This magic carpet ride through the world of Mr. Ben and how for us as adults looking back on that, the 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 significance and the meaning we found in it.
1: And then we're gonna make a hat. <laughs>
0: yeah watch watch this space we will We will get onto the hat issue. I might go for a fascinator to be honest, but uh, <laughs> but, but thank you so much for joining me on this um
1: It's fun ramble <laughs>
0: and i'll and I'll see you soon
1: yeah I hope so.
0: <laughs> take care Lou
1: thank
2: you bye
0: bye. P supers, that's it, in the bag. I'd like to thank Lou for joining me on my ramble and being willing to play in her wonderful way. If you like this episode of the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioral science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, rating, or review are also very much appreciated. Some of you may have seen that I've had some lovely PeopleSoup bookmarks printed. If you'd like a couple, just send me your address wherever you are in the world, and I'll pop a couple in the post. They'll help you keep your place in all those books you're reading. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk, and this includes links to a few different platforms. I love to hear from you, and you can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, at people.soup. And on Facebook, we are at peoplesouppod. Thanks to Andy Glenn, as ever, for his spoon magic and to you for listening. Look after yourself, peace supers, and bye for now. <sighs> right.
2: How was that? <laughs> <laughs> I've no <laughs> yeah, did.
0: did you have moments in that where you were thinking, What the f oh, are we it. doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think there's interesting points in it.